Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy, especially when it comes to the care you need. So let's talk about you, about making your life easier, about extra help to manage your health. Let's talk about your needs now and for the future. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. It starts with a phone call. Call 866-420-5330 or visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Blog Talk Radio. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to Last Chat. We are back, y'all. One of our last two shows until our winter break. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are happy to see y'all in the chat room. Hey. Hey, Lisa girl. How y'all doing? Yeah, we surprised y'all. It's a Wednesday, but we know y'all never know when the lady to let chat is going to pop up. <laughs> Right, Welcome. right. Don't be trying to clock our steps. Ain't no telling what we got going on. We got some things that's going to be going on. You just don't know. Absolutely. Don't be trying to box us in. It is Wednesday. Oh, happy Wednesday, y'all. Welcome to the chat room, honey. Child, let me tell you, because y'all know we stay working over here. Mm-hmm. And we got two fabulous guests. This is going to be a good show. I think this is going to be a mind, body, and soul type of show. I don't know yet. I don't know yet. It might it might go to the left. It might go to the right. We got two fabulous guests. We got motivational speaker, Marie Dunn, and then we got author Amir Smith, a.k.a. Pin Game. He's in a chat room talking about all his projects he got going on. So we got Mr. Mm-hmm. Bully himself coming to kick it with us. And today we're talking that talk about Reboot. 
Mm, I like that topic, Lisa. Okay, now you always give us a little background on why you chose the topic. So what's going on with Reboot? But before we get into that, man, y'all know Leisha and I, we just hop right into it like we ain't talked to each other in a minute. But we have some new people in the chat room, and we so appreciate you guys for chiming in as well as over the wave. So thank you. Leisha, you know, we reach far and wide, so we so appreciate everyone that has supported us off family as we are from now on calling you guys but just let all the new people know all the new family know you know we love celebrating literature here on let's chat because leisha and i are readers first and foremost and we do belong to that bougie club yeah we finally are able to admit it so we are bougie avid readers (laughs) we claiming it but we love Mm -hmm. doing it in a royal way no matter what it may be but not just readers you know we just love supporting all walks of life, all arts, and, and no matter what it what it is, we do it in a royal way. Now, our show allows all our guests, as well as all of our families, interact in an intimate, fun, and friendly environment. We get to hear the passion behind what it is that they do, and uh, it's been pretty passionate up into the chat room lately. We've been having some marvelous shows and some awesome guest, so we thank everybody, but we hope you guys are tuned in, because like we said, we never know which direction the, the show is going to go. We just let our guests come in and relax and get their cup and get their props, because <laughs> we love props here on the chat. <laughs> so we hope you guys are excited for our Wednesday night edition of Let's Chat. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So, yes, so today we talk about Reboot, right? So y'all know, you know, sometimes, now I posted this. I'm always posting stuff. And it's funny because somebody asked me, like, um, with the stuff that I post, like, mm-hmm. are you okay type, is that stuff that I go through? And I'm like, no, you know, I work in a call center. And so sometimes some of that stuff I just get from people. I'll be like, you is too indecisive. Can we get it together, people? Can we can we just not be so um can we be more decisive? That maybe mm-hmm. I don't know, possibly can I I don't honey. Come on, come on. What is, what is it that you mean, sweetie? <laughs> so some of the stuff I get from uh just just everyday people I meet or if I'm in a conversation with somebody, I may be like, Oh, that's a word. Let me post that. Mm-hmm. Somebody might, that's a wild right there. That's a good one right there. So it just mm-hmm. depends on what what I'm doing, who I'm talking to. Um, I don't direct the post to people because, you know, people are very mm-hmm. um, sensitive. And nobody got time for that. But I, I try to make it as general as possible um, because everybody goes through things. Everybody has those issues, everybody has attitude problems, everybody, you know, feels like the world is against them, and, you know, everybody got a hater. If you don't have a hater, you need to get you some. Because <laughs> then you kind of know you made it. <laughs> right. You know you're doing something when you got you some haters. That's that's how you know uh-huh. you're doing something in the right direction. You got you a few haters running around, you know, the ones that feel like, oh, you just think you are that. Yup. <laughs> So true, so true. <laughs> so when I talk about a reboot, you know, sometimes um, you have to reboot yourself. Reboot, reset, I say it all the time, but, you know, a lot of times we get into those situations and we may have setbacks. But sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we so quick to say, oh, the devil busy. Sometimes it ain't the devil that's busy. 
sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, the setback is God's will because you're not ready or you're holding some things up, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the setback could be the people around you holding you up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And sometimes mm-hmm. you have to reboot. You have to reboot. You even have to reboot a brand. You have to mm-hmm. you have to reboot books. You might have a book that, that the same book that you've had for, for five years and you figure, okay, people still chewing on it a little bit. But you have to always reinvent and reintroduce that book because there's always new readers. There's people that haven't read it. There's, it's always new to somebody. And so you always got to reboot it. You got to reboot your brand. You got to reboot yourself sometimes. You got to reboot your image. I mean, your, your shoe mm-hmm. name. There's so many things that you have to change a reboot is really just a change and and you're really just getting back into the swing of things you know you see uh-huh. what's got to uh-huh. be changed you make that change and then boom you back in business uh-huh. okay well i'm gonna be interested to hear if i guess i have had the quote-unquote reboot and, and and the changes and the steps and the preparation that they had to do as a result of it and um do they feel that it made them stronger neutral or whatever i was it's going to be interesting to hear what they have to say about that because a lot of people go through reboots sometimes in life and they don't even realize that they're rebooting these. Mm-hmm. That's true. They haven't, you, you know, know, they they're not really. That means they're not paying attention to what's going on. They just say, okay, it's, an, yep. it's the devil busy or no? You reboot. Mm-hmm. There's some changes that needs to be made either internally mm-hmm. or externally, but something got to change. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. and it and it at the point where it needs to happen now. I was mm-hmm. watching, you know, I like to watch Tabitha Brown. And um, she she does, because I'm trying to change what I, my, the way I eat. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say diet because I want it to be like a lifestyle. It's some stuff that we eat are just really, really not um, healthy for us. And mm-hmm. um, she has a, she does her lives. And if you don't know who Tabitha Brown is, she played Kizzy in Roots. She was the actress that played Kizzy in Roots. And Uh I think it was Kizzy. I think it was Kizzy. But um, she posted the other day, and she was talking about her grandfather was telling her things, just things that he, uh, jewels he placed on her when she was younger. And she said Uh that he told her, don't go around taking wood and nickels. From nobody. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. she explained. She was like, because I was young, I wanted to know, you know, basically, what's that? So right. she explained, you know, what a wooden nickel is. It's something that doesn't have value. It's something that's not real. And so she she asked him to explain again. She said, I, I didn't understand. What's that mean? And he mm-hmm. said, sometimes people in your life try to give you a wooden nickel or sometimes they are the wooden nickel, meaning that oh. it's not adding value to you and your life. Mm, and that's pretty deep. It was. Oh, she was like, oh, and it makes sense that, um, yeah, don't don't go taking no wooden nickels from nobody. We don't need that. You got stuff to mm. do. You don't need no fake change. That's like somebody giving you a Canadian quarter. You can't spend it here. What you gonna do uh-huh. with a Canadian quarter? What you gonna do with Canadian money anyway? You can't spend it. Uh-huh. 
No, it has no value. Anybody in Canada, but here it doesn't have any value. So it's just like somebody giving you a Canadian quarter to spend. You can't spend it. They just giving mm-hmm. you. They're just giving you excess stuff that you don't need. And I think that we clutter our lives with people that we don't necessarily need, and we clutter mm-hmm. our lives with people that don't necessarily add value. I they know that's there. true. They just there. And I can't even call it dead weight. (laughs) Right, because even dead weight adds value. It just makes everything heavy. But they just there. They just they're just there. They're not moving to the left. They're not moving to the right. They they're just there. And it's not that they may not be adding weight. But what are they? If you're not adding value, then you're not serving a purpose for that. They're not serving a purpose to be in your world. I know Mm -hmm. it's it's. You can say someone's presence, you know, in relationships. We always talk about relationships here Unless chat. In relationships, you know, sometimes it's, it's most of the time it's the person's presence um, that you can be content with, you know. and mm-hmm. But when their presence doesn't bring value emotionally, spiritually, mentally, financially, okay, their presence isn't bringing no value. So their presence in your world, in your space, is not bringing you any value. Mm-hmm. Then those are mm-hmm. things that you have to let go of because they're not adding to you. You know, how is that How is that person, that situation, um, even it could be something you want to buy, how is it adding value to you? How is it going to add to you? Mm-hmm. You know, and I and think you know a lot of mean, times, Go ahead, And so. Sometimes those are the hardest relationships that you realize that you have to let go. You know, you just holding on just to be holding on. Sometimes those will be the hardest ones. You don't even realize how stifling it is to you. And once you realize, once you finally let it go, it's like you have a taste of freedom, a taste of, of openness. Right. And then you realize they weren't adding value. You were adding value to yourself. You just thought they was adding value. You thought, you know, you you. Mm-hmm. Sometimes your mind plays tricks on you. It, and the, how can I say? Sometimes the experience of people adds uh, mm-hmm. added value at one point in time. Mm-hmm. But if it's not adding but- value on a consistency a consistent basis, then the value there's no value just like a car everything you take off it depreciates your car you could have spent fifty thousand dollars on the car ten years later that car is not worth fifty thousand dollars it's not and even some, worth that when you drive it off the lot okay and so <laughs> you better talk about it see and sometimes <laughs> we got people that we driving off the lot that was worth fifty thousand dollars, and they ain't even worth two pennies right now. <laughs> uh, right now, somebody needed that word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I believe. I, I thank Miss Tabitha for posting that. Don't go around taking no wood nickel from no nobody, because you mm. can't do nothing with it. Mhm. Wow. Nothing that's they're giving you is real. That's right. I love it. So we enjoy having y'all here on the chat room. We're waiting for our first guest. We're going to play a little Xavier Lewis in um, 
tribute to his new album that is coming out soon. Okay, mm-hmm. so he has this new song, y'all. And this is the thing that we're going to start doing because we get so much independent music. We're going to start playing uh-huh. it. We want y'all to give y'all feedback on it. Get feedback on the music that we play. Do you like it? Do you not like it? You know, maybe we'll make something catchy up in 2019 about it. But uh-huh. let us know. Do you like it? Do you not like it? And then we won't be playing it. But, you know, we like to support everybody. Um, if anybody right. that knows who Tony and I, we are always supportive of everybody. But if y'all don't like the music, we won't be playing it. (laughs) (laughs) But we love some Xavier Lewis, man. At least I am really feeling that his new song, and, you know, I'm always loving Georgia Clay. Absolutely, absolutely. And so we're going to play a little bit about that. Wind up, wind it up, and then we'll be back with the fabulous Marie Dunn. Okay. Baby, show me how you sexy whining, yeah, yeah Baby, show me how you sexy whining, ooh, yeah, yeah Baby, show me how you sexy whining, yeah, Like you mix with reindeer Body of a goddess Bring that thing here Love it when you wind it up Baby You sparkle like a chandelier So soft and warm You're my favorite teddy bear Yeah baby I'ma light it up Not throw it
now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Yes, we are back. We are back. Welcome to Last Chat. I am Miss Leisha. Happy Wednesday. You know I got my right hand, and most of the time she is my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. Hey, T. Hey, Leisha, girl. I am excited about tonight. Now, we have a guest on tonight, Leisha, uh, the beautiful Miss Marie Dunn. I actually met her a couple of weeks ago at the Fly Women's Summit. And when I tell you it was a powerful, powerful day with some phenomenal women, so I'm excited to have her on the show. She reached out. I'm so thankful that she did. Now she she's kinda nervous, so we're gonna um we're gonna we're gonna be easy with her. We're gonna ease her in least because she is getting comfortable with the uncomfortable. That was the phrase that they gave us that day. I like that. You like that leash? Being yeah. comfortable with the uncomfortable. So that falls in out. line with reboot. That's reboot. Yeah. You get comfortable with the uncomfortable, you are rebooting. Absolutely. Absolutely. So and we wait for her on to... into the chat room. Absolutely. On. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, Marie. Now I know you're probably a little confused because Miss Tony is my radio name, but this is Antrina. <laughs> <laughs> She's probably like, "What the heck is going on?" <laughs> I sort of picked up on it though. <laughs> Yeah, we all use her government name. Yeah, she she got a G G G fourteen class classified name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Understood. Understood. I under, I get the concept. Sometimes we just have to go incognito. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we are so glad you are coming in and kicking with us today. We want you to tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Okay. So um, my name is um, Marie Dunn. I am a social worker. I migrated from Jamaica to the U.S. in November 2001, um, where I continued my education here in the U.S. I graduated in 2013 from Fordham University with my master's degree, and um, I have been employed at the Grime Wyndham Social Service Agency. Um, I am currently a director. I am in charge of a family success initiative. Basically, it's, um, we use, it's a parent-centered approach. It's basically, we assist um, clients who are involved with the child welfare system. We work with the parents to try to help them to have some sort of normalcy while experiencing, you know, it's such a loss for them. Most of our parents, they come to us, they're pretty much unguarded. They're, they're clueless. Um, they're trust, they have no trust in the system. They don't trust individuals. Because when you really think about it, like, you know, you're separated from your child that you have been sheltering, giving um, love, nurturing, being supportive, and, you know, that just that one moment that you probably had um, made an indecisive decision and, you know, everything just falls through the crack. And so I mm-hmm. truly can relate to that population because I understand what it is to be vulnerable and to need that support and to not have that support and to really have someone believe in trusting you. So I, I don't feel like I go to work. I think I go to work just to hang out with people and just to help them solve their problems. Basically, that's what I do. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's been a challenge being in this country, um, you know, coming from Jamaica where, you know, 
we have strict rules and, and structure and guidelines that we follow and just um, having to estimate here in the U.S. with the culture shock and everything, it was like a big shock to my system. And, you know, like I think one of my biggest challenges I had in 2017 of last year while at work, I got injured and it was a life-changing experience for me. And I think that, um, you know, really humbled me. And I think God was probably talking to me and mm-hmm. why he did this to me. I haven't really figured out the full details yet, the why. But nonetheless, you know, like Miss Tony said, I am just getting comfortable with the uncomfortable because I was put in such a situation. And now I had to figure out, basically, I had to fight for my life to get back mm-hmm. to where I am today. And for that, I'm like so thankful um, it's been a wonderful journey. Um, I literally had a second surgery, just went back to work on August 20th. So mm-hmm. you know what? It's like time is of the essence for me. I am chasing with the winds, the, the, everything that you could think about, because it's like, you know, when your life stops for such a long extended period of time, and it's like now it's like, you know, because I'm not getting back all that time that I missed. It's actually 354 days to be exact. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I am just like, I'm full of life. Um, I'm energetic. I'm excited. I'm so in love with life. And I'm so in love Mm -hmm. with myself. It's like I found myself through the process. And I'm here to share with everybody. Wow. That's, yeah. What a testament. (laughs) Yes, 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 Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. And so uh, this is Leisha. I, and I have a question Hi, because you um you're in the social services you're in with the you're into the families that are um are being separated. I want to go go down over to Texas um, where they currently have those families separated at the border. Um, okay, let's talk a little bit about that because we it's gotten a little quiet, but we know it's still going on. It's just not being talked about. Okay. And as you mentioned that, I just want to interject and say something really quick. Um, What I've noticed, as you mentioned that, it's like I believe that, you know, our society, it's such a reactive one, right? Like there was so much buzz when this all started, but now it's Mm -hmm. no longer in the media. And it just shows us how much media controls how we think, how we act, how we behave. I'll Mm -hmm. leave that alone and we could get into what we're about to talk about. Yeah. Mm. Right, because see, that's true, because the thing is, we get it when it gets out of hand. You see Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? The thing is, Mm -hmm. it was already happening. But when things get out of hand and stuff starts leaking through, like when the the kids and they're not even in cells, they're in cages, they're not even sleeping on beds, they're sleeping on foil, it's like that's out of hand. And now it's like, okay, somebody felt like it needed to be public. Somebody needed to see it so that some changes needed to be made uh, on what was going on over there. But they've been doing it. Yeah. It's an ongoing But go ahead on and talk on it. Yeah. um, I mean, it's like really an ongoing, and it's an ongoing issue that we have here um, in America altogether. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an ongoing issue that we have here in America. And it's like, you know, for the most part, when something is not physically impacting you, 
it's as if you don't care about it because it's as if you desensitize yourself from it because it's not in your face where you have to address it or you have to deal with it. You understand? And I think that's one of the biggest challenges that we have. And it's just like really the social climate that we're experiencing now in our society today. And, you know, when you think about number 45 and, you know, just the policies surrounding that, and in hindsight you say, okay, fine, you know, what systems were put in place when they even thought about, you know, having this huge separating these kids from their parents? You know, what systems were put in place? And obviously nothing was put in place. These people and these kids were left at their mercy. And when we think about the long-term effect that this is actually going to have on these kids and uh, the parents, because children, they develop, they stop developing at age 12. And most of these kids, they're on their, some of these kids are on their age 12. So this long-term trauma that these kids are exposed to, it's just really astounding. And mm-hmm. what's in place to, like, really support this? I can't really speak on what's going on in Texas. Because, honestly, I have not been following it up too much. Because, like I said, I recently just went back out to work. I was just, like, really focused on healing. So I excluded mm-hmm. myself from that. But, like, in hindsight, when you really think about it, you know, how are these kids being supported? And, you know, what's the plan in place? And, obviously, there's not really a, a smart plan was not put in place to really reunite these kids with their parents. So what's really going to happen? And the, it's like up, it's up in the air. It's like it's the unknown. No one is sure about it. Mm-hmm. Oh. Wow. And it's so unfortunate. This is Tony um, Marie, and, and you want to okay. talk about a culture shock. I'm sure that these children, and I mean pretty much babies, to not have oh. their parents with oh. them in a strange country is just overwhelming. It is. And, you know, these kids are possibly they're scared out of their wits because no one is explaining anything to them. You know, you know, there is no mm-hmm. nurturing. There is no, there is no trust. There is the attachment is lost. The bonding, mm-hmm. like it's, it's mm-hmm. so much that um, is at stake right now with, this, with, these, um, with these children. And, you know, like I said, what's really in place? I don't know what the systematic plans they have in place to support these kids, I have no idea. But one thing I can tell you, this is going to have a long-term effect on those kids, period. Mm-hmm. And who I was about knows to say if that. and when, who knows if mm-hmm. and when these kids will be reunited with their families. And then, you know, it, it creates a bigger um, issue here as well. And, you know, and this extends to, you know, when we talk about our, our systems here and when we talk about the, the, the prison population and when we talk about human trafficking, it's so much that can, you know, stem from this one issue that we're having. It's bigger than we could even think about when we're thinking about mm-hmm. the long-term impact it's going to have on these kids. Mm-hmm. It's definitely going to have a long-term effect. And with that being said, Marie, um, mm-hmm. how has um, agencies such as, where you work, how have have they made any changes to their procedures as a result of what they're seeing in Texas? Um, so I can speak for my agency um, in, in particular, and um, this is how the Family Success Initiative was, um, was birthed at Grand Wyndham, and this was birthed back in 2014 because mm-hmm. Grand Wyndham has created a culture in the sense where we listen to our children our parents as well as our foster parents. 
IDADME, we have um, round tables that's specifically geared for targets the foster parents. We have it for the birth parents, and we have it for the, the, the youth, as well as for staff. And this is where you get the chance to discuss whatever grievances that you may have or what do you think that we should change to improve the quality of service delivery as well as the needs of the families. And um, mm-hmm. we listen to our birth parents, um, you know, talk about, you know, practices that could be changed. And this is how we came up with the Family Success Initiative. And basically what the Family Success Initiative do, we have various interventions. Um, it's, we use the behavioral approach as well as its parent-centered focus because all of our parents, all of our parents are good, right? It's just like I said, it's an unfortunate situation that may happen that led to the, the, the maltreatment that, you know, their child is removed from their care. And um, mm-hmm. so what we have basically decided to do is instead of telling our parents what they should do, we ask them, you know, what is it mm-hmm. that you need? What went wrong? And this goes back to um, one of the models that we've utilized. It's called solutions-based casework. It's the strength-based. So it's, it's a matter of, like, really sitting with that parent, and it's, um, it's, it's, it's very skill set to it. So we basically track, and by tracking, I mean we'll sit with that parent, and we ask them to just take us through the stages of what happened mm-hmm. that led to that maltreatment. Because you just never know, you know. It's difficult being a single parent. Um, you know, we tend to have a lot of single parents. Um, you know, they're the head of the household. Um, it could be a simple, isolated situation where, you know what, you know, poverty. Poverty has a lot to do with a lot of the issues that our parents are confronted with. And imagine your mm-hmm. parent who um, does not have money to purchase simple food for their kids to go to go to go to go to school. And you know, the kid they probably have like a toddler, and they probably have like a school age because you have to think about the developmental stages as well. And this child is just like you know, the child is crying nonstop, and everything mom is doing, you know, mom can't seem to to soothe this child, coupled with the fact that mom may have some mental health needs that's been un- unaddressed, right? So, you know, mm. right off the bat, mom could probably just, in the heat when that child is coming at her, just probably hit the child. And boom, mm. just like that. If this is involved, that child is removed from her care. So we really wanted to get a, take a step back and really hear from the parents and figure out what's the root cause of the problem. Instead of, like, you know, just coming here and I'm walking in and say, okay, fine, you know what, ACS sent me this intake and this is what was said about you. And I'm just going to take that for face value and that's, I'm just going to look at what's on paper. I really don't care about what you have to say. So we started mm-hmm. really partnering with that parent and that has been making a huge difference because now it's about accountability, right, and taking acknowledgement for the role that you play. Because if you're sitting here working with a parent and they're not acknowledging what they did to contribute to that maltreatment, right? That parent, you can mm-hmm. send them to all the services in the world and they complete the services, but guess what happened? Did the behavior change? Mm-hmm. And if that behavior did not change, guess what happened? That child, even if that child is released to that parent, that child is coming right back into foster care. And that's mm-hmm. what Brian Wyndham is actually doing differently. We're listening to our parents. We're developing relationships intentionally, and we're asking them, how can we assist them? Instead of telling them, this, giving them a laundry list of what they need to do, we don't do that anymore. We ask them, and we look at the behaviors, and then we develop plans around that. And we're, the parents are held accountable, and that's what's actually making a difference. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. 
You're yeah. taking a proactive approach as approach, opposed to just sitting absolutely. back dictating how absolutely you know one feels it should be absolutely handled. And it makes a huge difference, a huge difference, because now the parents feel that they're being heard, right? Because Mm -hmm. it's so easy for parents to feel so isolated. Remember, they're already embarrassed about and the the guilt that they have to deal with, right? And then now you're coming in and you're just like taking that dictator role and telling them, okay, fine, basically holding the whip over them and telling them that, you know, you're a bad mom, you did something wrong, and you're going to pay for it. No, they don't really need to hear that. They're already matched up as it is. You know, mm-hmm. one decision, you know, one poor decision led to that child being removed. That's a trauma not only for the child as well as it's, a, it's also a trauma for the parents. So how do we help them to get over that? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Mm. That's powerful. Now, how much do you draw from your own um, experience experiences when you came okay. into the? How much do you draw from that just to, to help families along? Um, I think, well, a lot, apart from the education that I received, but um, I, I, I really capitalized a lot on um, my spiritual my spirituality as well as just growing up in the community and seeing my mom just giving back to everybody and just really caring. You know, I've always had an eye ever since I was a kid growing up. I either wanted to be an attorney or I wanted to be a social worker like my mom. That's what I've always said. So coming into this Mm -hmm. country and, um, you know, just recognizing all the disconnect and the disadvantage and the the vulnerable population that we have around us, you know, when I got into social work, I was really intentional about the work that I was doing. I'm not in this just because of a paycheck, because trust me, they're not paying. They can't pay me enough to do the job I'm doing because it's not that Mm -hmm. it's not that great paycheck we get. I have a passion mm-hmm. for the work that I'm doing. And I think um, it's, it may sound a bit crazy, but I think God directed my path. Because a lot mm. of times we say, okay, fine, this is what we need to do. And we develop our own plans and we're going along our own road that we paved. And then God interjects. And in mm. 1996, while I was in Jamaica, so as a child growing up, I've always struggled with chronic headaches since I can, as far as back as I can remember, I think at age 12, I struggled with chronic headaches and, um, you know, fainting spells. The doctors weren't sure whether it was seizures or what was actually going on with me. It's later years when I came to America and after going to various doctors, getting various tests, they, they, they basically said I had vasovagal syndrome. Basically, that was it. And um, mm-hmm. in ni- just to go back, in 1996, I, um, I used to model, and I was at um, a fashion show, strutting myself across the stage. I was in um, Miss Jamaica, Miss Jamaica Universe um, survey, um, sorry, I think it was, and um, I was walking across the stage, and I passed out. I had an attack on mm. me. And mm. um, I didn't, yes. Yeah. I did not have my medication on me. And, you know, back in Jamaica, we were from the rural area. So my family did not get word of it until like the day after. So when they came to the hospital, I was seizing like crazy. They couldn't stop my seizures. So eventually they flew me into Yui. When I got to Yui, um, they still couldn't control my seizures. So the doctors gave me Valium and I got an overdose and I, 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 I slept into a coma. I was comatose for two weeks, life support machine, brain dead. 
it was like um, basically the morning, the night, I think the night before, as my family related to me, um, they basically told them to go home. There was nothing that they could do. They gave me 15% chance of living. They should just go home and time my funeral. Um, and just to show mm-hmm. you how God is always there. And I know I'm here for a purpose. And my sister came in. She said she came in the morning when she went to my room because I was in ICU by then. When she went to my room, I wasn't there. So she asked the nurse, you know, where's my sister? We left her here. And they told her that they took my body to the morgue. And <gasps> my sister oh my said, yes, my sister reported that she ran out of the room and she started screaming and hollering. And she caught up with them. And um, she said she pleaded with them. And she was there talking to me. And, um, you know, ackee and saltfish is our national dish with breadfruit. And I, I, love, I love food. I'm a foodie. And she said, she kept saying to me, you know, if I wake up, she will give me, she will cook me dumplings and I can sawfish for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. And she said, my hand started twitching. And, mm. you know, yeah. And she must have broke down. <laughs> I you was like, hold on. I can have it every day. Wait a minute. I'm coming. <laughs> yes. So they took my took me back to my room wow. and um yeah they took me back to my room. The doctors basically told my parents there's no medical explanation as to why I'm alive. Um, oh, and you know gosh. at that point in my life, I recognized how close I had gotten to mortality, and mm-hmm. I needed I needed my friends. I thought I had like you. I lost everything. I'm thinking about it now, I'm talking about it, and I'm getting a bit emotional just to show you that, you know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not, all that glitters is not gold. And um, when you see people around you, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're around you because of the individual that you are, but more so about what they can gain. And mm-hmm. I lost it all. And remember, I was on life support machine. I was um, being incubated, fed through a feeding tube, the whole nine yards. So I lost a significant amount of weight. Um, my head, like they had to, they shaved certain parts to put the various tube. Like it was just crazy. Honestly, I looked horrible. When I woke up and I looked in the mirror, I was scared of what I saw, the image that mm-hmm. reflected back at me. Mm-hmm. So this journey... It's like I, I, I was depressed. I was confused. There was just so much going on. And being in a third world country itself had its own struggles. Um, and, you know, at that point, it was a low point in my life. And I had to, you know, it was, it was the support of my family. And, you know, I, 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 it's God. I, I, I relied heavily on my spirituality and, you know, my family. That was it. And, you know, I, I made a promise that, you know what, I would help anyone I can. I wanted to impact others. I wanted to make mm-hmm. a difference. I wanted to be that voice of change. I'm going to advocate. I have a voice. I'm going to use it. And because I know mm. God is working through me, and when I came here, it was no different. I basically taught, threw myself into my job, and I'm like, you know what? It's about my family. It's about respecting them. It's about Support should be supportive. A lot of us like to talk about, you know what, I'm supporting you, but how supportive is it? How tangible is it? How are you really helping and empowering that next individual? 
and that's what set me aside as a social worker. And I am just really passionate about the work I do. Mm. Wow. Yes. That was that was that was uh, very deep. Now, Marie, if you yeah. have, if we have someone listening tonight that may be in a similar situation, uh, what advice would you give them to to any of our family that are listening? Um, in terms of like just going through a personal challenge, a struggle, whatever in, it is. In, in terms of like pretty much what we've spoken about, like if you find yourself uh, in a situation where it's the way you help people as far as your job, or even I think they have gained strength just from your personal uh, testimony, but if they are, are in a situation where they are separated from uh, loved ones, mm-hmm. um, what advice would you give them uh, to seek help? So, um, one, I think the biggest advice is um, gaining knowledge for self. A lot of our families are recognized. It's because it's that lack of education or just knowledge in itself, like really understanding your rights as an individual. It is so important. And, you know, just being able to just talk about what is it that you want. I know it's that critical moment when you're confronted with, okay, fine, my child is removed from me and I'm angry. Instead of being angry, you know what, figure out a way to really channel that anger that you have in you. But when you have to show up at that social service agency, listen, you got to put on your A game. And by A game, I mean you have to walk into that agency because the moment you step in that agency, you're basically under a radar. Your behavior, Mm -hmm. the way you show up, the way you sit, the way you stand, the way you talk, the way you, it's just your, it's just everything. You have to be so cautious about that because at the end of the day, it's not about you anymore. It's about that innocent child that's in foster care. So your best bet is to align yourself with your case planner or your case manager, whomever it is that's assigned Mm -hmm. to you. You're going to show Mm -hmm. up at every um, family team conferences because basically these are meetings that they have to discuss the progress, the life of the case, and also to talk about, you know, what what needs the child may or may not have, right? So show Mm -hmm. up at every FCC. You must, must, must go to court. Not not showing up at court, it's not an excuse. Being late for court is not an excuse. If court is at 10 o'clock, be there from 8 o'clock. Because you never know, mm. the judge may decide to call the case a little bit earlier. So you need to show up. Document, mm. document, document. I advise my clients to get a black and white notebook. I give it to them if I need to. And you document just this because basically what's happening here, planner that's assigned mm. at the case planning agency, they're the one that's going to drive your case, so to speak. So mm-hmm. they are documenting everything and they have to go to court and they have to repeat, report your progress or non-progress. And that's just how it goes. And also, there is the Asphalt Laws and Guidelines. That's the Adoption Children's Safe Family Act that was enacted back in 1997. Mm-hmm. You have 15 out of 22 months to really demonstrate that you have changed the behaviors that warranted, that led to your child being placed in foster care. The clock is ticking. Like I started and I said, time is of the essence. You don't have time. So the quicker you get into services that's recommended and you start changing those behaviors, the faster you could get your child home. I know you're angry, but try not to allow your anger to drive what you need to do for your child. 
we have one thing in common, the, the, the parent and the foster care agency, we have something in common. We have your child. That's the common denominator. So your best bet is to do what you have to do in a timely manner so that child can return to your care. And you have agency supervised visits, show up at your visit. You understand? Mm. Treat that visit as if, you know what, make it a, have, engage with that child. Make it the most. Treat that child as if you were home and you're just having quality time. Don't come to the agency sitting on your cell phone having everyone ring you off your phone and you're showing up, you're sitting in a corner or, you know, in today's day and age where kids are being taught how to do everything off of a, um, a tablet or your phone, the phone mm-hmm. is teaching the child how to grow. No, take that away. Bring books. Bring board games. If you don't have money, mm-hmm. you ask for help. You could develop stuff. Be creative. This is your child. Wow. I can't want it for you wow. as a worker. You have to want it too. And those are just the basic mm-hmm. nuggets I think I would give out to if anyone is listening. Well, thank you. We so appreciate all that you have shared, and especially your personal testimony. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We are glad that you were able to come in the chat room and kick it with us. We want you to shout yeah. out all of your, your social media and any events that you will be at coming up. Okay, so um, I can be found on Instagram at Powered, it's E-M-P-O-W-E-R-D-D underscore Marie Dunn. Um, Basically, that's just my Instagram page. Um, I just started that. I'm in the process of, like, you know, writing a book. That's where I'm at. Um, I didn't get to share that I got injured at work last year, and this is what uh, I was meeting with a client. And um, same situation where she, her child was removed and I was meeting with her for the first time and she wanted to leave with a child and I decided this wasn't going to happen, not on my watch. And I tried to, I was able to get the child from her, but in the process, she assaulted me um, and, you know, I passed out, was hospitalized for 10 days um, by, yeah, this happened February, 2017 um, and by July 20, by July 28, 2017, I had my first surgery because I had damaged um, disc in my neck, so I had to have surgery to remove that. Um, so most of last year, I spent most of last year at home and just like going through this whole recovery process, and it didn't end. I had a final surgery just on July 11. So you know, and even when I had to meet with a DA, I basically said to her. This woman doesn't need to be incarcerated. She needs mental health services. Keeping this woman mm-hmm. at Rikers Island, tell me, you know, how exactly is she, are we helping her? I said, the woman didn't hit me. It's the mental health piece. I understood mm-hmm. what she did. Not that I agreed with what she did, because trust me, I don't. Mm-hmm. But I understood mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Yeah. Well, we wish yeah. you all nothing but the best, girl. You go through it with your job, but... Like you said, yeah. your passion is where yeah. you are. So we thank you yeah. so much for joining thank us you tonight, so much. Marie. All right. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right. Good night. Have a great night, everyone. Okay, you, you too. Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. What a testimony, Leash. Absolutely. That was great. And I love that. I love that she loves really what she does. And, and her passion mm-hmm. is children and helping children and helping parents 
to be better parents for their children, which is really what's needed. You know, our our children need to be loved on. They need to be guided. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and so many single-family homes, single mothers, and you got single fathers, and a mother is a necessity. You know, just having that single home, I always feel that, you know, you don't have to stay in the same house to do your job. If everybody played mm-hmm. their part, everything is all right, but, you know, it doesn't work out that way. And so you have the right. dad that, for whatever reason, is doing everything he can, and the mom, or the mom that's, for whatever reason, doing everything she can, plus they have to take manage the bills and this and that. So, you know, that that in itself is a lot to deal with, and kids, are they watch that, and then that affects them. And so I'm so glad mm-hmm. that you were able to come on and share. We have our next fabulous guest off the pin game, Mr. Bully himself. Welcome, Amir. Hey, thank you for having me. Hey, Mr. Bully, how you doing this <laughs> evening? <laughs> I'm doing all right. What's up, Miss Tony, Leisha? How y'all doing? Y'all good? We good. We good. Thanks, Leisha. Uh, first, let me let me say um. To Marie Dunn, that's the young lady name who was just speaking, right? Yeah, yes. Yeah, I just I want to applaud what she does also because you know a lot of these children these days they need that they need help and they're stuck in these situations um, where they're too young to really find the help that's necessary. So for mm-hmm. her to be there for these children and aiding the parents who also need the help. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's major because so many people are selfish and really don't care, you know. So right. she sounds like she right. genuinely care. And, um, you know, it's sad that she, she got assaulted, you know, and, mm-hmm. and out of work and everything. But, you know, I want to let her know a better day will come. Trust in God. Keep moving forward. Oh, thank you for that. So yeah. She had quite an amazing testimony. She definitely did. She did. She did. Mm-hmm. So. Well, we so want to know what you've been cooking in your creative kitchen since the last time we have spoken to you. I know you got stuff here and over there. What you over there cooking up in your gumbo pot? Yeah. Um. Shoot. <laughs> where do I start? You know, 2017 was a rough year. Um. First and foremost, um. You know, I had Bully Sports Bar, and uh-huh. um, the bar burned down. I don't know if you're aware of that. Um, oh, fire burned down, you know, caused a lot of situations. Um, Queens, I still have Queen City Bullies LLC, but the company as a whole has expanded. For those who may not know, I am Amir Smith. Amir Bully, King Bully, whatever you want to call me. Uh, just don't call me late and get that money. But <laughs> when the <laughs> but you know, we everybody should know something about Queen City Bullies. You know, we had the company that was distributing books for a while and. You know, we had a bar, radio station, magazine. We was doing pretty well. And, you know, unfortunately, the partners couldn't um, do the things necessary to continue in the right direction. So the company um, is basically still on hold, although I own the LLC. And I created something else. Um, I created something else called Carolina United Media, which is something similar to what Queen City Bullies was. But we're just adding another element because we're going to have a, a television video show, something similar to 106 and Park and um, TRL and Video Music Box, the stuff that we grew up on watching. Um, and we're going to just debut and premiere videos from North Carolina and South Carolina. 
Mm-hmm. So um, that's one entity that we have. Uh, anyone interested in knowing anything about Carolina United Media, you can go to carolinaunitedmedia.com, check out our website. We also have a radio station coming along with that, which later on in the show I'll be pitching at y'all to move y'all show to our station when we get that up and running. But, but yeah, um, you know, I'm always trying to bring stuff together, you know. And uh, we also have mm-hmm. a magazine. But once again, we really geared towards getting the artists here in North and South Carolina together and giving them a platform because the radio stations down here are full of shit. You know, they'll play mm-hmm. stuff from every other state but won't play the artists here in North and South Carolina. So it's like, okay, we're, we're going to have to go over your head and give, you know, people like Andre Harrell, he was down here looking for people for the four. And you would mm-hmm. think that, you know, the radio stations would make suggestions about who, where, how, or what. But they was more just ride his dick. Excuse me. I, can I say that on air? Oh, yeah. We're on this it's internet, internet radio. They, oh. Yeah, they, they was more just ride his dick. <laughs> Instead of saying, well, we have Ty Stacks, we have Taliban, we have Riddy Rucci in South Carolina, we have this one and that one. And, you know, it just it just felt incomplete. You know, it felt like the, 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 the Carolinas had no support, you know. And he had to actually go out to clubs and stuff like that. And I got a chance to shake this man's hand and let him know, like, listen, we're going to create a platform for industry executives such as yourself who are looking for talent. Where you could just go to mm-hmm. a one stop shop, boom, here they go. So mm-hmm. yeah, we have that. Um am I talking too much? Just tell me shut up if I am. That's what we're here for. We here for uh, you to talk and, and tell us what you've been cooking. So we can't tell you to shut up. We need okay. you to be able to well, let it all yeah. out. Let us know we what you got going on. Two thousand nineteen in Rock Hill, South <laughs> Carolina. Shout shout out to Rock Hill, South Carolina. 2019, myself and Mr. Neil Hawk from 646 Entertainment, we're gonna go. We're gonna throw our hat into the dispensary game and start um, selling medicinal marijuana. In 2019, uh, South Carolina will be legalizing medicinal marijuana, not recreational, medicinal. So we're gonna throw our hat in that game, and we're gonna, you know, drop a dispensary out that way and try and be a legal drug dealer or whatever you may want to call it. But it's it's a lot mm-hmm. that goes into that. Uh, we do some research on that, and you know, just like with alcohol, you have to be a certain amount of feet from um, schools, and you know, you can't purchase your marijuana from anywhere. You have to grow it. So it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of work that's going to go into that. A lot of money. We looking for investors. Anybody um, looking to invest in our idea? We have a full fledged uh, business plan that I could email over to you. Serious investors. Not nobody talking about I'm going to cash my 401k and send you $4,000. No. We're looking for investors that have, you know, the capital to push this thing forward. Yeah, because this is – I'm talking about we're talking about a million-dollar, a billion-dollar industry now. People are trading um, – marijuana dispensaries are trading on the uh, New York Stock one. Exchange right now. Absolutely. So, huh? Shiny, all the, stores, all the stars got one. Shiny O'Neal just got yeah. one. Wiz Khalifa has one. You know, yeah, everybody is getting them. But my question, I have a question. Okay, go ahead. Because I don't, this is Leisha, yeah, we have to we have to introduce ourselves because we sound so much alike. So this is Leisha, no, because I do have part. a question on it. <laughs> I do have a question about that because I thought it was, and I don't know, just correct me, I thought it was that with the dispensaries, even though it's legal in the state, 
it's still illegal federally. How does how does that work, and and what is the workaround with that to prevent um, federal authorities from well, what's coming? going what's going on right now? Um, right now, we're waiting on the actual law to be signed um, into act, which means when they give us the law, we'll know exactly what we can do. Um, in, in adherence to whatever federal guidelines and state guidelines may say. The state at this point, the Fed is always going to trump the state. But when it comes to stuff like medicinal marijuana, remember, not recreational. You have to have a doctor's um, prescription in order to come in and purchase the marijuana from our dispensary. So with that being said, um, the, the laws are laxed. As long as you follow on federal guidelines and not trying to sell weed out the back door or sell weed, to, uh, pounds of weed to Bobo to sell up the street on Cherry Road, you know, <laughs> as long as you keep everything clean and to the standard and letter of the law, then mm-hmm. it's really not much they could do. Because my my fears was I have a friend named Alfredo. Um, he's great with producer marijuana. You know, he actually did time for that. And you also know I did time. So it's going to be a touchy situation with me being involved, being a felon. But he's going to come up from Miami and build our grow house, which is going to be a grow warehouse. And, you know, I'm tr- I'm looking at it like, well, how much involvement can he have? He's not on parole or probation, but if the feds was to come in and, and look at the grow house and make sure uh, the standards is correct under state law, to where we're allowed to do this, would him just being in the place um, cause a problem? Issue for him. Absolutely. So and then I have another the... question. Oh, go okay, ahead, go ahead. but go ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I wonder until we get the letter question. of. The... Go ahead. Okay, go ahead. You want me to go? I go. Yes. Until go. we get the le- until we get the letter of the law, um, it's hard to say what, when, how, um, federally. Federally. Now, if you come from North Carolina and you come into South Carolina and you buy your weed and then you cross that line and you come over here, hey, that's on you. You had a, If you had a prescription, because you have to be a, a South Carolina resident to get the, the medical marijuana card for South Carolina. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it, 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 it gets so touchy when it comes to that subject with the feds and everything, but they've become so lax with the laws. You see Colorado is flourishing. Um California has been booming. You know, they have a weed store out there called the uh it's like the Apple store of weed or something like that. And it's it's oh. crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. Look it up on Google when you get a chance. And it's it's they're doing big numbers out there, trading on the New York Stock Exchange, everything. Now and you know what? Wow. It's funny because I remember years and years and years ago I said mm-hmm. that if you want to tackle the war on drugs, make it mm-hmm. legal, and add tax. And mm-hmm. really that's what they're doing, and eventually they're going to yes. start giving folks on tax evasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you guys, you definitely have to be that's careful. That's how they got Capone. Like, they got Capone on tax evasion. Yeah, you definitely have to be careful. Well, you know, they've been getting kingpins for years for, um, you know, tax evasion or mm-hmm. um, misappropriating funds. Um, they gave me an uh, interstate commerce charge. 
you know, which is just moving money from one state to the next. I mean, it's 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 so funny when it comes to the federal government because they want their cut. You know, they, they want their cut because they're bringing cut. it in here. Exactly. You know, we didn't they bring it, it in, nothing. and they got to get cut. paid for it. That's right. Exactly. We bring it in. We using our resources to bring it in, and 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 I'm just saying. We're not saying this because we don't. This we don't know. We have Rick Ross on our show multiple mm-hmm. times, so we know y'all bringing it in and y'all saying, "Look, we bringing it in and y'all selling yeah. it for free, and we ain't getting no money from it." Well, that, we gonna need that, we gonna need whole, our coin. That's what the whole um, Iran Contra and Oliver North and all that stuff was about when um, they were saying that the U.S. was trading arms for drugs. They was giving mm-hmm. the Contras the arms to fight their um, civil war against the country and trading off cocaine. So, I mean, it, it's it's always been the same. But right now it's a little more under the table. Um, drug distribution isn't what it used to be. We all know that um, as far as 80s, 90s to now, you know. Um, it ain't too many kingpins left out there, and it ain't too many honorable people, so – it's kind of hard to dibble and dabble in that. And if somebody knew something about some, you know, politicians or something like that, uh, indulging in that type of action, trust me, it's going to come out. Because people not holding water. So no, they I mean, it was something I was going to say. Oh, uh, you said um, when you made that that comment about um, the drugs, uh, putting a tax on the drugs and selling it, somebody once told me to if you want to stop the killing as far as the gun with uh, the gun violence, make the bullets five thousand dollars and charge a dollar for the gun. Oh, you know? so that that'll stop all the killing. And I I thought you know when I heard that it brought me back to that recollection. And yeah. it's true, you know the wow. best way to get the best way to get handled on a situation is not from mm-hmm. the outside but from the inside. You know, and mm-hmm. that's how that's how they take down organizations. They they start from the inside yeah. and work their way out. And so, yep. you know, I think they're just like, okay, well, clearly this is getting out of hand, and we need some funds, and we can get funds from over here. So let's let them do this yeah. so we can get our cut. Yep. And when mm-hmm. they're when they making too much, well, we're going to squeeze a little bit, mm-hmm. and then we're going to spin mm-hmm. it around and change it to something else. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. Well, on another note, I want to apologize to you, Miss Tony. Last time we spoke, I was in mm-hmm. New York City. Do you remember? And you I called. Right. I said, "Hey, I'm in New York. Let's let's get together." Last year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and I know I didn't call you back. Look, I see. Mm-hmm. I, I remember everything, right? And I don't care how small it is. You deserve an apology, but I don't know if I told you what was going on. We was up there, but. Um, Neil Hart, once again from 646 Entertainment, he was given a 10-city tour, and it started out there in New York. So I went up there for the tour. My intention was to get what you have lunch. I go mm-hmm. for dinner. I go all the way up to Harlem to try to find me some clothes to wear for that night, and the traffic mm-hmm. was ridiculous. I don't know why I drove up there. But no, you don't like, drive in the city during the day. No. <laughs> no. You, and I know this. I'm from Jersey. So I'm like, man, listen, I got stuck in traffic. By the time I got to the hotel, I, I'd only had time to change. And I think it was at a place called the Toshi Living Room on Broadway, uh-huh. I want to uh-huh. say. 
But um, I, I always said to myself, like, damn, I called Miss Tony. I told her we was going to get together. And, you know, I said, I'm going to apologize to her next time I talk to you. So publicly, I'm saying to you, I'm sorry. <laughs> How about that? Okay, we got it on record. We got it on tape. <laughs> but it's funny you said yeah. that because um, I'm, I, that brings me in the mind of uh, people driving and roadside assistance. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, that's a good business to have. <laughs> But, yeah. you know, in New York, they told truck drivers, they so hustled out, they don't they don't have flatbeds available until after 6. I mean, like, literally, they, wow. they the time of traffic. So yeah, that's what I, I do. I work in a roadside yeah. service on the side. The lady okay. calls in and she says, I need to get to the dealership in Manhattan, which is like, eight blocks away from where she was, by okay. 6.45, and I'm thinking to myself, mm, you ain't going to make it. You, you ain't going to make it. <laughs> Even though it's 5.45, yeah. you're not going to make it. And by the time I called I call the service providers, they was like, well, it's going to take three of us to pull her out. We got $60 a piece. I'm like, Damn. girl, you're not going to make it, child. You're not going to make it. <laughs> yeah, it's cut they close. And God forbid you got to get on the West Side Highway. Man, mm. let me tell you. And the way she York, and how she how she got you know the way her car is situated as well. Yeah. So, yeah. She so. had me walking sixteen blocks <laughs> to my hotel. She kept saying, "We're gonna oh, get on the train. We're gonna get on the train. Oh, the train is just right there up the street by my job. It's just right there." I was like, "Okay, T. I ain't had I had dress shoes on." Man. <laughs> yeah. I, and I took that, a cab gonna, from my hotel. Yeah, we had a whole I took a cab from my hotel to the event and I I just swore that the cab driver was trying to get money from me. I was like, How wow. he don't know why is he going all around the world? He was like, That's because we don't do that here. We walk. <laughs> <laughs> he right. I walk. I had Alicia walking everywhere. <laughs> Man. <laughs> yeah, I, have New York, to stop I mean, if you really want to see New York, you got to do it on feet. Now, but I do got a question for you before I come up there in December. Because, you know, okay. the Lancy Street and the Canal Street used to have the best, cheapest leathers. Do the mm-hmm. Lancy Street and Canal Street still carry dope leather jackets? I need to know that. Because I... I'm coming up there in December. I have no idea because I haven't been down there in ages. Damn. I would. I have a friend that I can ask though. At work, yeah, you know, find everything. out for me. Man, listen. Okay. I oh, I bought every damn leather jacket I ever had when I was in Jersey from uh, Canal Street. You know, it was just. I have to ask. You go over there, ninety nine dollar leathers. You can't beat it. You know. Yeah, that it, back it, in the was, day, that was the spot. Man, back that was the, the spot for your jewelry and your leathers. So. Mm-hmm. It's the same woman. I, I keep calling her. I know she tired me. I was talking to her, and her name is Carol, but I kept calling her Leash. I'm like, Leash, you know we got a show tonight. She's like, I'm Carol, T. I was calling her Leash. <laughs> Leash, I was calling her you all day. Damn. So now, like, now, I do have a question. Here. NFL season coming around. <laughs> now, y'all both, y'all used to, I don't know if y'all still do the sports um, talk. But y'all had a mm-hmm. banging ass sports show at one time. We know the NFL <laughs> is coming around. 
Who's your prediction, NFC, AFC, for the Super Bowl? Let's get it. I'm only a Niners fan, so if the Niners ain't going, I ain't watching and I have no comment. Come on, let's – right, Well, let's I take stop, that back. Let's, I let's have put to, the fan you know, stuff aside. I have to go with Miami, put, too, even though I don't think they're going to get there. But, you know, I know a few what? players that play on the Dolphins, so – you I got. Pick, I, if it ain't Miami and San Francisco, I don't know. Okay. How dare you? <laughs> Listen, right? We as a sports commentator, you can't put uh-huh. your personal feelings in it. You got to go off of stats. He's you know, a fan. Players. He's a fan. <laughs> See, I'm, he is a New right, York fan, well, so if you talk about anything against New York, against a New I'm York a, athlete, I'm a against fan. a New York team, she on your neck. I'm a Giants fan. <laughs> the Giants has has picked up a running back out of Penn State. Can't remember his name right now, but he's a Barkley. tremendous back. Saquon Barkley. Yes. Okay. Saquon Barkley. He's a hell of a back, right? They mm-hmm. need to get a line for him. He needs a line. If he doesn't get a line, he's going to be hurt in three years. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. So, And mm-hmm. I'm a Giants fan. You know what I mean? I haven't been paying attention to preseason because I've been working a lot. And when this, when the, the season come back around, oh, trust and believe, I'm going to be on top of my game. I'm going to be okay, on top of my game. But, you, got a, you got about two weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready. I'm, you got about I sit two down, weeks. Look, I, I get all my analysis from Google and YouTube. I will watch uh, old films on YouTube all day long, sports. So, I mean, that's how I really keep up with things because I'm always on the move. So that's how we do it. Okay, so I know they're going to want us to talk about sex or something because they not they don't want us to talk about me, per se, about what I got going on, or that nigga bragging. So, um, but I do have a question, let's, though. Let's switch oh, okay, it up a little ahead. bit because you have a unique situation. And we were talking okay. about it uh, not too, uh, maybe like a couple of months ago on Facebook. Somebody had posted a question. Um, okay. And I just want you to, to speak on it a little bit because you're Muslim and your wife is Christian. And, you know, uh-huh. a lot of times it's so hard for, for people to, to get together. with. Uh, it's like they have a religious boundary. I think that people no. are more religious than they are spiritual. But just talk a little bit about that. Well, First of all, it starts with communication. You know, you have to be able to um, communicate your differences religiously. Like she, she, when I met her, she was eating pork. Um, uh, now and again, she probably dabbles in pork, but I'm not a religious fanatic where I'm like, oh, you ate pork today? Don't tongue kiss me. You know, like, nah, we're not gonna do that. We're gonna, we have a proper understanding of of my boundaries and her boundaries. You know, my boundaries are a little more than hers because, you know, I have things that I'm obligated to do. Pray five times a day, um, fast the month of Ramadan. Um, Sometimes I might get up in the middle of the night and um, make the the Tahajun prayer in the middle of the night. So, I mean, there's certain things that, uh, you know, it, it could be disturbing to her, but she's used to it now. Uh, when we first met, you know, one thing about um, love, I mean, it can conquer all, you know. If you could communicate your thoughts and your differences, 
um, and you really love that person, and you want to come to an understanding because it's so hard to find a mate these days. You know, you you go mm-hmm. on three dates, and then especially for women, because once you give the guy the pussy, it's like a roll of the dice. You don't know if he's gonna call um, after mm-hmm. that. Was that his only intention? I'm sure you and uh, Miss Tony, you and Leisha have um, stories of. Wow, I thought this guy was like that. And now I done gave him the pussy and shit, his number changed. Or anything. Not saying it's that dra- dramatic, but that's how these dudes doing these days. And I have I have four sisters. I have a daughter, you know. I know what's going on when it comes I have homeboys, you know. And these guys, you know, they have their intentions aren't to marry or to get married these days, you know. It's it, it's mm-hmm. a unique mm-hmm. situation when you meet a woman and you say to yourself, you know what? I want to be with this woman the rest of my life. You know? So it's a rare deal. Dif- it's a rare deal. Yeah, it's, it's not something that comes around every day. So you put your religious differences to the side. Um, you know, I smoke cigarettes. She don't. That's something else she got. Like this, you're never going to find somebody that you're completely, wholly, and perfectly compatible with. But mm-hmm. if you can uh, come to an understanding on certain things, yeah, you know, compromise. That's, that's At least she is such she is such a beautiful person. You tell my Miss Miss Melissa, I said hey and give her a hug and a kiss. To oh, me. she's but I think she's in the bedroom <laughs> listening to it because I told her, I said you know I'm gonna do the radio show with Miss Tony and Alicia tonight and she's like uh, oh what's the number? So she might be in the bed. I'm sitting outside on the balcony watching the rain. Hey Melissa, uh, she, she is she the sweetest. Please, we bonded the first night we met, and she is just a wonder. She's she's the better where, half. Where of did you meet at the red carpet affair? <laughs> uh-huh. I think you met at the red carpet, right? Yes. Yeah, out here in Charlotte. We had a yeah. good time that night. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I was drunk as hell. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a good night. I was. Sweating. But you know, that's all a couple I remember. Weeks ago. So, a couple of weeks ago, you were supposed to come on, and that's I owe you an apology because I oh. forgot. I knew I was missing that's somebody. Okay. I kept telling I'm not that important. somebody. I am. And we had like a full house, and I was like, I'm missing <laughs> something. What am I? You ever just had that? Like, I'm missing. Yeah. And then he was in I mean, my inbox. I was like, I was missing a mirror. Oh no! So you would have, you would. Yeah, when I say it was live, it was yes. so live. See, we did the battle of the sexes. See, mm-hmm. that's, that's my type of stuff right there, because you know I'm gonna keep it all the way real. And sometimes the dudes will get mad. Sometimes the females will get mad because I listen. Uh-huh. I'm gonna tell you the truth across the board, especially when it comes to relationships. Um, uh-huh. Sex. Uh, I mean, anything's dealing with. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna give it to you straight. And so the guys like, damn, you're not supposed to say that. You just gave up my game. And then the girls would be like, oh no, I'm not like that. Come on now. <laughs> no, it was real. It was real. She, she, she inboxed me that. I'm like, oh my god. Least don't usually forget. She's right yeah. on top of it. So she's but like, I got so much I'm, I'm here. <laughs> I got so I'm, much I'm, I'm doing. I'm like all I'm over the world. Important. So I am. I'm I just, a, I'm just a, a guy down here in Charlotte trying to be. I'm not that important. But we can talk about it. We're gonna do a. We're gonna do a, a sweet part three right now. Right now, we're gonna do that right now because I always. I'm gonna say this. A lot of people think, or a lot of men feel, that when you have a a strong woman, okay, that uh, they feel she's difficult. 
I think it's diff- she's diff- they feel she's difficult because they can't control her. Now I want to do a twist to it because I have okay. found that a lot of Muslim men um, okay. are very disrespectful. Or, and not very disrespectful, wow. but, but just controlling. That's just okay. for me looking in. Can you talk a little mm-hmm. bit about that? It could just be the difference between um, the way they feel uh, about women. I don't know. Okay. Well, see, that's 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 a touchy subject right there because um, when you follow in the dean of Islam, there's certain um, things that a man needs his woman to adhere to. You know, there's certain teaches, teachings that people get misconstrued. Like, they think that the man wants the woman in the house and she can't go out and work. No, she has an option. She can work or the she cannot work, and the man goes out and provides. That's her option. Um Wearing the hijab and the the garb, um, the man don't say before you leave out this house, you better put that hijab and that garb on. You know, cover your hair. Nah, if he has to tell her that, they already have an issue. If she's a Muslim woman now, keep this in mind, because any Muslim man, if he marries or I can't even say date, because honestly, we're not supposed to date. You know, there's actually a, a, a a certain amount of respect for women. Like if a Muslim, if I was to marry, or if I was interested in a Muslim woman, and we was in the masjid, I would have to go to her wali and say, this is the official way to do it. Not saying that everybody always do it right, but this is how you're supposed to do it. Um, Sir, you know, I'm interested in Fatima. I love to take her out, you know, get to know her. The wali asked her if she is interested in going out, getting to know you, if she, or interested in a husband, because it's, it, it doesn't, there is no dating. You know what I mean? You, you go from one spectrum to the next. And if she says yes, y'all go out. When y'all go out, y'all go out with a Wali. It could be her father, her brother, uh, the Iban, um, the Sharif of the Masjid, whoever, whoever is in charge of that type of stuff for that Masjid, it could be that person. And y'all not sitting across from each other, maybe Google-wise, um, trying to debate whether y'all going to have a one-night stand. Because after that date is over, the woman's going to leave with the Wali, and you're going to leave by yourself. You know, that's mm. the utmost respect. That's the utmost respect. You know, and we don't believe that um, the woman is subservient to the man. She's a half a human being. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, in all actuality... Of course, it's, even in the Christian Bible, it says that. Uh-oh, he was on the road. But oh, okay. You broke I'm up just a saying, little bit. I'm just saying, like, I could probably lift, I, well, not probably, I can bench press 420 pounds. Most women mm-hmm. can't do that. But <clears throat> the woman is the helpmate. She is the man's backbone. She's everything for the man. The man can, the the woman is fifty percent. And if there's any Muslims listening, they can chime in on it. The woman is fifty percent of the man's dean. She's half of him. 
so in order for, it, for for me to sit here as a Muslim man and say that a woman is subservient, that's saying half 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 of me is subservient because she she completes me, she completes my religion, she completes everything about me. Mhm. So where 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 people come off with this now in other in other countries, you know, like in any religion, um, there are people who um, misconstrue and deviate away from what the book actually says or use the mm-hmm. book and 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 misquote or or um cause misconcepts that come from the book you know and it's sad to say and I'm not going to call out any um any countries uh that I know that does this because we're supposed to protect our brothers faults right. so me protecting my brothers faults from other countries, I'm not going to put them out there, but we all know who these countries are. You know, that's mm-hmm. like uh, the Taliban and ISIS blowing themselves up and stuff like that. It, that's haram. Even if they say you're fighting in the cause of Allah, you don't kill yourself. The per- they, Some people say you kill yourself and you, um, you go to hell. There's no other way out of it, you know what I mean? That you just condemned yourself. But then there's some people that miss that construe the the Quran to say that um, you're doing it in the cause of Allah, so you know you automatically gonna get Jenna. Now, not if you're killing innocent people, you know. I, I can't mm-hmm. say that. But let's get back to um, the woman thing. Uh, we as Muslims do not, and I want to repeat this again for anybody. Who, who's listening and have the wrong idea of what Islam is. Islam is a beautiful religion. We do not disrespect, and I can put my wife on the phone. I can I come with references. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, there's mm-hmm. not one of my exes that would tell you that, you know, as a Muslim man, I was bad to her. You know, all mm-hmm. my exes mm-hmm. uh, will say, that's a good man right there. He, that's 100% man. He did everything he could for me. He gave me the option, do I want to work or not. You know, everything that a Muslim is supposed to do. And I was never disrespectful. Oh, you're going to have arguments and stuff like that. You know, but it's, it, it never it never got out of hand. You know what I'm saying? And I never mm-hmm. tried to control anyone. And my brothers that I deal with on a daily basis that are of the same faith are the same way. Even if they have two wives. And that's another topic we can talk about. Even if they have oh. wives. Why why you can't have two husbands? See this this is my thing huh? with the two wife thing. This this is my thing with the yeah. two wife thing. If you go, go back now, even Abraham Abraham had concubines. His mm-hmm. second wife after Sarah died was his concubine. So even mm-hmm. even they had that was their culture, their lifestyle. But he was able to take care of everybody. Now you got folks okay. that want to have a second wife, and you can't even please and take care of the first one. I'm just saying, let's talk about it because if you can't do or be what you should be to the first one, when you go and get you a second one, that means that you got to do and be to everybody across the board. And if you're lacking in any way, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Okay. He said, okay. Yeah, do you want my opinion? Yeah, she's absolutely right. I mean, there's no debate to that. Um, 
I, speaking in I terms, I can afford another wife. I have enough stamina to fulfill the needs of both, whether it be, you know, um, just going out dancing or sexual or whatever it may be, you know what I mean? But don't get it twisted. It's not supposed to be um, a thing of me and both my wives in the same bed having sex. That's haram. The women are not supposed to touch each other in that way. Haram is, is, is something that is um, illegal in Islamic terms. Like, it's, okay. it's forbidden. Haram is forbidden. So, um, I'm speaking for me and speaking for the brothers that I know who have two wives. They can afford it. They, they're there for both, and these women aren't lacking in anything. You have these men who want to do it because they're looking at it like it's an ego thing or... You know, they just feel, they want to feel better about themselves. And like you said, they can't afford it. They can't do the things necessary to maintain. They can barely maintain a relationship with this one woman. They want to bring another one in. So Mm -hmm. it's a a different spectrum. Now, from a religious standpoint, the the reason is, is somewhat necessary or allowed for a Muslim man to have two wives is, number one, there's a shortage of... Um, Muslim men in this world. Women outnumber men. So the man, if he's proper in his Islam, is allowed to have two wives so he can give the religion to more to both of them. That's the that's first and foremost. You have to be proper. Now, listen, I'm not gonna sit here and lie and say like I'm the I'm the most astute Muslim there is. I'm just knowledgeable. But I have I have a thousand faults. I'm sitting on this phone cursing. I'm you know I have sex out of wedlock if I didn't have a wife because I be I'm a, I'm horny like that. I mean it's just you know it, it, I have my own separate demons when it comes to Islam. You know I drink. You know I do stuff that I ain't supposed to do, but I make my five. But if you if in Islam the purpose is to give the religion to both families. Um, make sure they come up in an Islamic household um, under Islamic lifestyle. Then mm-hmm. um, certain scholars, I want to say um, there's a hadith. It might be in Al-Bukhari, which is a book of hadith written by a specific scholar. And it's, it, it says in there that um, the, the, the that God knows that the man's flesh is weak, you know what I mean? And to prevent him from um, accumulating another sin by stepping out on his wife, he put the the um, reasons why he can have them, and if the man fits the criteria, he allows him to have that second wife. That's, that's uh-huh. coming from certain scholars, you know? Mm-hmm. So I mean, it, for, but you like know you something, said, Amir. This, I'm sorry. This is this is Tony. Just like you were saying earlier about uh, the book, a lot of people will take a word and manipulate mm-hmm. it to fit them to mm-hmm. to justify what they're doing and how they're doing and what they're doing. So mm-hmm. sometimes you have to look beyond that 
and see what the underlying issue really is. Because most of the times, nine times out of ten, that word has been manipulated on a for a personal reason. True. To to to, to True. justify and to give credence to what a person is doing. Does that? How do you feel about that? Or do you even agree with that? I mean, it's every every from a religious standpoint, everybody does it. From mm-hmm. a legal standpoint, um, you have judges, prosecutors, and lawyers who manipulate the law to fit a certain situation. Um, mm-hmm. That's why the Supreme Court will create addendums. If somebody learned how to go around a certain law, the Supreme Court will sit down and create some type of addendum to add to that law so that nobody else besides that person can ever go around it. That letter of that, and law, it also you know. it also sets a precedent because a lot of people look yes. at the precedent in the law to see if it's something that has been preceded yes. before them. See, I know mm-hmm. I know a little bit something. I only worked in it for about thirty years, but you know they look at these <laughs> precedents in order to try to justify, like I was saying, what they're doing and to expound upon it. Yeah, you know, so, I mean, you know, I, I, I he have, wife one on one. Mm-hmm. She wife one on one. She's been married I, about thirty years. Mm-hmm. Damn. <laughs> Damn. It's about to get good. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> she too yeah. much. See, I know. Gonna, I know enough. She got wait to push me on my button. <laughs> Well, listen, I know enough that when a woman say continue, I shut up. <laughs> continue, continue don't always mean continue now. So, he said continue mean I'm about to be set up. Mm-mm, I ain't even Yeah, know. continue don't no, always mean continue. Right yeah, I'm going to go ahead and be quiet for a sec, a brief sec. Good catch. Good catch, man. Good catch. Smart man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I ain't no fool now. But, yeah, I mean... It's it's just everything as far as relationship wise, like I said, um, it, it it has to be a balance. You know, you have mm-hmm. to be able mm-hmm. to um, after being married for so long, thirty years, ten years, twenty years, you have to be able to um, maintain the initial spark that drew you two together and kept you two together. Um, if you stop finding that spark with the person that you're with, then you tend to step outside of the relationship. And you, you like the 80-20 thing that was in um, why did I get married, you know. You you looking at the 20% that you don't have and forgetting about the 80. You know, you just got to keep your eye on the ball and not allow. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I see pretty women all the time. Women come on to me sometimes. Um and sometimes you're like, damn, if I wasn't married, I'd fuck the shit out of her. But I am mm-hmm. married. <laughs> so he ain't you mean that, Miss Smith. You could put the knife down. No, I meant, I meant that she knows. <laughs> no, no, but she, but she knows that I'm not doing anything. You know, that's the difference. I can, I can say, damn, she looks good. But I wouldn't tell her that because I'm not a fool. But I mean, I'm, I'm gen, I'm. Genuinely not beat right now for nothing else. You know, I'm just trying mm-hmm. to uh, create um, wealth. Um, I want to make sure my family is taken care of. Um, I, I'm blessed 
because I was in prison for 13 years, so I didn't raise my kids. But I'm when I went to prison, they was 10. I come home, they're 23. <laughs> so I'm mm-hmm. I'm blessed to have my daughter here in Charlotte with me now, and I'm getting to know she's an adult. And it, it has its difficult moments, but I love her. I do anything for her. She's here with me now. She's prospering down here and being prosperous, you know. So, um, I mean, sometimes you have to look at, yeah, you have to look at what you have in front of you, and you have to keep your eye on the ball. And I, and another thing too, I'm gonna say this to men, right? If you, if you do have one woman, it comes out a lot cheaper. Because if you have seven, you gotta you gotta take seven women out on dates. You gotta celebrate seven birthdays. You gotta go see the same movie twice. You know you're burning up gas going from one house to the next. Like after, it's exhausting. After, yeah. The, okay, you having sex with different women, and that could be fun. You know that could be good, entertaining. But after the sex, you know. There ain't a man alive that can't tell me that he's just having sex with this female and there's no money being spent, you know, because she needs things. She she Once y'all have sex, if you're going to stick around, you have obligations that fall upon you once you get with her. Not saying she can't take care of herself or she don't have her own shit and this, that, and the third, but goddamn, a bouquet of flowers nowadays is going to cost you 70, 60 bucks for a nice bouquet. <laughs> now you multiply that by seven. You know what I mean? So just having even even the the situation of having multiple women, when you look at it, especially if you work in a nine to five, when you look at it, you get paid on Friday, you gotta do three dates that weekend, you still gotta pay rent, you're struggling. And I and I don't mm-hmm. say this because I don't know. I say this because I have homeboys who go through this dumb ass shit. <laughs> I'm like, damn, you, you broke by it's Monday because you're trying to, yeah, you're trying to date all these damn females. <clears throat> so, yeah, I mean, it's a lot that go into that. But you know, what? I want to say that relationship suffers, <laughs> right? But you know, I I, I want to go back because you mentioned something. In every relationship, there's a reset period, and I want to go back mm-hmm. to where you talked about the the eighty twenty rule because mm-hmm. of that twenty percent. That you're missing, ten percent is you. So a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times, brokenness draws people together, and you can heal as long as you guys learn to reset together. Like you were saying with communication, you have to reset together. But brokenness becomes attraction. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes people are attracted to brokenness. And they get together in that brokenness. And once healing starts, that relationship is going to fall apart unless they reset. And a lot of people don't know that. I I don't believe that relationships are forever. A marriage is forever. I don't believe that because I know that there's a season. Everything has a season. Everything is meant to happen for for whatever, however long it's supposed to happen. And I know that there's a difference between a passionate love and a responsible love, even though marriage is responsibility. That's a whole nother separate entity so, on itself. Hold on one second. If if marriage isn't intended, you, you said you don't believe that marriage is forever? 
I don't believe marriage what, is forever. What aspect of marriage isn't forever? I or just marriage, think, period. At some point, I you should be like, hey, we're going to get a divorce. No, not not just get a divorce, but things happen. And mm. things things are not forever. And it's not forever because even if you stay married for 50 years, somebody's going to die. So it's not forever. You see what I'm oh, saying? it's not it's forever, until forever because somebody's going to die. Okay. It's, it's okay, until forever and no more. Like, you're in a relationship until that forever is no more. And the ending until of a relationship. No, not necessarily death, because the death can also be death of a relationship. And it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be a bad thing. Death happens mm-hmm. to relationships, it happens to people, but it's until forever is no more. At some point in time, unless y'all are resetting together, sometimes y'all reset and it's a separation thing. And it doesn't make it a bad thing. However, but I, I think that people go into relationships with preset expectations. They got these preset expectations of what something is, and we get caught up in that. That's just like a society thing. Everybody is stuck on something preset, whatever they were preconditioned to feel like a marriage is or a relationship is, without a full understanding. Because, mind you, they gave us the glitz and the glamour about a relationship and marriage, but they didn't give us the the real tea. You see what I'm saying? They didn't, our our grandmothers and great-grandmothers and our grandfathers, they didn't give us the real tea on a relationship and and how to make it really go and the in-between. See, we see all the good stuff, and we're like, yes, I want that, but you don't know all they went through to get it. Struggle. You see what I'm saying? And everybody's struggle is different, and some people are not – Strong enough to to get, but I think it. that's where that's where the that's therein lies the, the 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 issue there. Everyone isn't built for the struggle, but I think everybody's outlook on relationships as well as marriage comes from within. You know, everybody has their own personal their own personal intuition on what a relationship is, their own struggle, and marriages work. I'm here to say marriages work. You know, after 26 years, it hasn't been easy, but I don't, I didn't go into this relationship with the expectation so, that, and this is just me, that it won't work. I got a, you know, I, got a I, I wanted to make and it I, work. I don't know if you'll be honest or not, so I might need to ask you off the air. Because you Which might be more about? honest off <laughs> the air. For real, for Huh? No, oh, we, we talk about everything. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, in twenty six years, you haven't you've only experienced one penis. The whole twenty six yes. years. Yeah. Wow. I com- Oh, T over there, wife one oh one. When I say T wife one oh one, T wife one oh one. She bring home the bacon, she fry it up in the pan when she get off of work. And then go do whatever else she got to do. Uh, oh yeah, I can, get into it. I can honestly say, and not just that, <laughs> not just that, Amir. Since when I met him, before I even got married. Damn. So, you know, so it's Damn. all in the individual. Why are you saying I like that? But like I you. Feel I'm gonna that. send you a gold medal. Um, <laughs> I mean, because yeah, that's some Olympic I think gold it's, type it's, shit it's, right there. But I think it's all on how you have you have you. I would have not put my views on someone about else. Another penis? I'm sorry. Say that again. Have you fantasized about another penis? 
Like, was there ever, like, did the FedEx guy walk in the office and his chest bounced a certain oh way? He's like, ooh. Like, I'm going to be mean, totally honest with you. Human. I mean, look, she's human. She's human. But she's <laughs> saying for her, you know, she's like Claire Huxtable. You know, she could be like, ooh, he's handsome. He ain't that Listen, handsome, but Claire, he's handsome. Claire Huxtable, Claire Huxtable will cut you up real quick. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> saying, you know. Miss T, that's, that, that's, now, that's Claire Huxtable. That she will cut him up real quick. That goes back to dice, what I said. Dice, dice. I said. You know, I see, I see a female, and she looks good, but I know what I have at home. You know, I mean, entice, being enticed by the opposite sex will be there. It's on the individual to say to themselves, you know, it ain't worth losing what I have. Right. It ain't worth losing what I have. So right. I mean, you know, and and for anybody who may not know this, uh, Miss Tony, I think you probably know this. Alicia, you may mm-hmm. know it also. Um, just last year, I was dating a, a young lady named Jade. Me and Melissa had separated. Uh, me and mm-hmm. Jade, did, did you know this? No, because I be busy. I don't have time. Okay. But go ahead well, and mean, That's all right. We're yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, you know, Jade was a great woman. She's a reference, you know. Like I said, I come with references. Um, But it just didn't work. And it didn't work because I realized I still loved my wife. Mm -hmm. And she realized she had some things, um, once again, not putting her business out there. I could put my business out there. It's mine. But not putting her business out there. She had some things she had had to deal with also. So we took a break. And during that break, I found my way back. To my my wife, you know, because that's mm-hmm. where I should have been from the beginning, you know. But we all, that, I guess that was my reset, or that was the moment of clarity where it was like, okay, um, I mean, I built a whole life with this woman, Jade. We started a a business together. We owned a boutique here in Charlotte, you know, got a home together. I mean, we had a, a whole separate life that I started all over again, but. Even mm-hmm. with all that that was was going on, um, you can't help who you love. You know, you can't help who you're gonna be there for. And that, like I said, you know, that's not that's that right there was something that, you know, it it was it was one of those things that you was just talking about of things happening and marriages not lasting forever. But mm-hmm. being able to um find yourself back Find your way back to that path of of you know where you're supposed to be, um, and being adult and responsible enough to say, you know what, let's not carry on this charade any longer, because I don't want to lose you as a friend, if nothing else, you know. And in the beginning, mm-hmm. is you know there's gonna be um, hurt feelings and stuff like that, but. At the end of the day, you can't help who you love, and we're both better off for it, you know. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Like I said, she's she's a reference now, you know, and I'll be uh-huh. a reference for her. Absolutely. <clears throat> and the thing is, we're imperfect people looking for perfection mm-hmm. from other imperfect mm-hmm. people, and you're not going to find it, you know. Mm-hmm. So you 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 relationship hop. 
You know, you heart hop looking for something that somebody else cannot give you. I posted something the other day. I'm not saying that people got offended, but I'm always, they don't like when I, I post stuff, you know, they say I, I bash men. And I don't bash men because I love men. It's just mm-hmm. some, there's a difference yeah, between a grown like the, uh, man and a, it's a difference between a grown man and a grown male. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You got grown males and then you got you some grown men. But I, I made a comment that it is not a woman's responsibility to make a man feel like a man. He already got to have that thing. Like it's it's something mm-hmm. deep with inside him. If you need somebody to validate you being a man or a woman emotionally mm-hmm. inside, you are missing stuff on the inside for you. And that means that any relationship you get into is always going to be the same. It's going to end the same. And so even though you guys came hey, together Give me an example of um, a person seeking validation from their mate. If you um, I would say um, a man, a, a controlling man. Okay. If your man is so controlling that you can't move or breathe and he's stifling you. That means he lacks control of himself. And he knows that, see, in, in a relationship, there's always submission is, is there. It's going to happen. If you, are the, if you are moving in the right way and you're giving that person what they need, they're going to submit to you regardless. But when you feel like you have to force it, that means that you yourself are lacking control and you yourself cannot submit to yourself because see in order for you to get somebody to submit to you you got to be able to submit to yourself you got to be able to as a leader you got to be able to Mm -hmm. to follow at some point in time and you're following you're following god you're following allah whomever that 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 thing is that you follow but you have to be able to be submissive within yourself to yourself and it's in so you, follow your, you saying, can follow your wife's direction. But some as men, a man. but some men cannot handle that because at some point in time, she is going to be in front, and you're going to be in back, and then you're going to be in front. She's going to be in back, and then at some point in time, y'all going to be right side by side. And there are some men that can't handle that. It's some females that can't handle that because you want him in front all the time. Because when you get in front, it's like, now what do I do? Or he want her in front all the time. I, saw, I, I say that that's when you're the puller, when the female is the puller in the relationship. That means you want her in the front all the time. Because when you get up front, it's like, well, what do I do? Yeah. You got a point. But I, I want to say right. you guys separated and you got back together, but a situation never comes back the same way. People never come back the same way. So yeah. even though it was a well, bad situation that y'all separated, exactly, it, it happened for a reason. There was things that she had to learn, things that you had to learn, things that she had well, to do within herself, and vice versa. So problem, when y'all got back together, it was better. The problem in most relationships are, some of the problems are, that the man and the woman are not com- communicating their true thoughts and feelings. So mm-hmm. if it takes an act of anger or something like that to pull those feelings out at the wrong time. 
And we all know that people are not going to be receptive to negative things when they're angry. It's just hard because they're like, you're throwing in my face now because we're arguing type thing. Mm-hmm. So the best thing to do is this is what I learned. If we if we're having a great day or not, you know, let's sit down and talk. If if it's that if it's something that I need to communicate to you, I'm not gonna hold it in and I ask that she don't. And I I give this same advice to your listeners and um anyone else who may need it right now who's sitting at home and they're holding things in that they wish they could say to their man, uh, go get a job so you can help out around the house. Um Put your shoes outside when you come home because your feet stink. Whatever. You know what I mean? Say that shit. You're not giving me head enough. If you're a man and you feel like you're missing something, hey, you suck my dick every now and again. But Yeah, or vice like versa, I'm going to need you to stay yeah, off the, 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 the salty food because, you know, you want more head. But I have a thing with nasty things in my mouth, so I need you to fix your, your, your diet. But, I mean, don't get offended when she say it. I'm just saying, Listen, that's something so, I would say. So no, that's something I would say. I would be like, did. I need you to change your diet. Oh, <laughs> eat, some, eat, some, eat some pineapples and drink more water. What you just said, <laughs> because that works, what you just said mm-hmm. was was great because what y'all did was y'all came to a compromise. Okay, I'm going to start. Well, I don't want to say it. No homo. I shouldn't say it. I'm a man. But a woman might say to her man, Okay, you want more head? I'm going to do that for you. But now change your diet so your cum would taste like something other than salt and uh, old tennis shoes. Oh. Okay. Wait. I mean, y'all should. Old tennis shoes. I mean, y'all just came to a compromise. Now, for me, once you say that, I'm going to get in my car and I'm going to run to the nearest grocery store. I'm going to get the biggest pineapple I can find. I'm going to eat that whole goddamn pineapple. And I'm going to say, listen, in 12 hours, you need to try this and see if the pineapple taste is there. Let's do this. You know, I'm going to make it happen, goddamn. That, that's what it takes for me to get the bag. I'm going to put some pineapples in my diet and some water. But, you know, some men will look at that like, oh, man. damn, she asking for too much. What it is, don't worry. What you won't do, some other woman to do. Boom. Or the woman to say what you won't do, some other man to do. Boom. You know, that's mm-hmm. right there. That Have at it. Disconnect. And, and, but they, you'd be surprised how many people use that term. What you won't do, somebody else will do. And they done made songs and shit about it where instead of taking that stance, you should just be like, you know what? I'm going to try and do what's necessary to accommodate this individual. If this is what mm-hmm. they need, you know, because they're expressing their desires, their wants, um, something that they, they feel like is incomplete in the relationship. And we, mm-hmm. we've messed around and toy with it and use head and stuff like that. But there's some people out there going through some real issues. And a lot of times it's, it's about money. Money is a big issue when it comes to relationships. You know, one person making more than the other, and then they feel like, they have more control because they make more, and that's not the case. You know, when you come in that door, and if y'all married, was yours is mine, was mine is yours. I don't care who bought the check home today. You know, we work together 
to make things relevant. We build our credit together. We buy homes together. We create a business together. Unless you don't want to, like Melissa, she don't want nothing to do with the businesses. You know, she's good with, you know, she does her own thing. She has a great job. I'm not going to put out there where she work at and all that, but she has her own bread. But if I come home and I say, hey, I'm going to start a business, it's going to be, and she's going to be like, okay, but other than unless I ask her, she don't, that's not her thing, you know. And then some women may say, well, don't you want a female that's going to be more business-oriented? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. if, if that was her, then that was her. But if that's not her, then that's not her. You know what I mean? It's not that she don't encourage me once she finds out that I want this particular business. She does what I ask her to do to help, but she don't have to be in the business. I'm the boss's wife, and it's that she could care less. You know, she might have been in bullies, I don't know, 14 times out of the year that it was open. So it was like that's just not her thing. She's not that person. So, I mean, we all but have to you got to call a thing a thing. You got to call a thing a thing. At that point in time, you I think you have to ask yourself why. Why am I feeling this way? Cuz this is the thing in a relationship. Um no matter what happens, you have to be able to push some things to the side and and keep going. And I mean like if y'all are separated and he gets sick or she gets sick, you're supposed to be there. You see what I'm saying? Whatever your reason is, whatever Thing that hurts your ego, whatever thing that hurts your pride, because ego and pride stays in the middle of situations all the time, and it prevents people from from moving into a, a good direction. And so, the fact that you guys communicate is a beautiful thing. And she lets you do you. She's not stifling you. You're not stifling her. But y'all come together and y'all make it work. Right. We try anyway. I mean. We still going strong, so we doing something right. You know, I just I just smacked on the ass a couple minutes ago and said I'm getting some tonight. She's tired, <laughs> but I'm gonna get some tonight because she's like, damn, okay, key, he wants like some. All right, fuck it. But low key, let me tell you, we like that. we we because see, this is the thing, and we gonna wrap it in a minute. We gonna have you on part three. We got part three coming up. <laughs> we we said we gonna do a relationship show once a month. But low-key, we like that. This is the thing. Confidence is what draws women in. Confidence draws men in. And so when a man has confidence and authority, we like that. So you smacked her on her behind and said, I'm getting it. You, you, you were, that was your authority. It was like, yeah, whatever. But in her mind, she was like, yeah, he getting it. <laughs> because we like that. <laughs> we, we, it's like, tell me. Like, tell me what it's yeah. going to be. You know, tell me how it's going to be. We 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 low key we like that because we like to know that there's authority and that you are confident in knowing. Like I know when something is mine. So a lot of men that don't know when something is theirs. Like I don't know. What you mean you don't know? You have to know when something yeah. is yours and when it's not yours. You know what I'm saying? Now, but we now, don't have I you hope for the listeners that are men are are taking notes right now. You just gave some key information. That right there. Because it ain't just smacking them on the butt, but it's just knowing that, knowing and showing her that you know that you know she belongs to you and you want her to belong to you. That that's some key information right there. I'm gonna put that in the rolodex. That's going 
You can put that. You can, you can going use down. that. You can put that in something. That's all right. Yeah. Now hold up now, because I know you said we got to wrap it up. Mhm. Okay. I do have a book yeah. coming out. I am an author. I, I got away from that part. I forgot. Um. <laughs> <laughs> it's called uh, Ain't No Fun When the Woman Got the Gun. Yeah, I'll be on the lookout, and it's gonna be free because I have I've I had a two year hiatus. Um, two years ago, my last book, I actually auctioned it off on Facebook. Um, and that was my retirement from the game. I don't know if y'all remember this stuff, but um. The book was purchased. It was put out there, this, that, and the third. I did some ghostwriting while I was down. But I'm coming back with an actual pin game book. Title, mm-hmm. Ain't No Fun When the Woman Got the Gun, and it's going to be free on Amazon to reintroduce the readers to pin game. I've been in this game since 2004, um, and, I mean, I just want to reintroduce myself, so this is my way of saying, hello, here I am, I'm back. Take this free book, read it. If you like it, buy the next book that comes out. Or, you know, support another African-American artist, author. However you choose to do it, I'm okay with it, as long as you're keeping the funds circulating within the community. Mm-hmm. All right, now. <laughs> you already got a catchy title. Ain't no fun. When, when the, the woman, woman got the gun. gun. Right, because I'm like, wait a minute. What are you going to write? Like I'm interested. <laughs> what is gonna say? Hey, what, do she got, got the dead. gun gun, and or or do she um, just the gun gun? What I will, <laughs> what I will tell you is, the lead character is an arms dealer. She's a woman who I sells guns it. for a living. I so love it. It's it's crazy. You know her rise to power. You know in a, in that type of game. You have to deal with so many different elements, so many different men, because there's no women out there really on a, a, a large scale level selling arms. So that we know about, and she's African American. That we know about. That we know about. But I, I mean, I did some research on it, and most of them, guns and drugs went hand in hand, you know. But with this, her name is her name is Trigger. That's her nickname in the book, Trigger. Oh. And um. <laughs> Okay. Hey, Miss T. She's something else. <laughs> she's something else. So we'll go pick posted, that up. You know, we we definitely. love a good a good read. Yeah, definitely. As a matter of mm-hmm. fact, I'll send it to y'all in y'all emails, and um, y'all can read it. The Chat Radio Show um, at Gmail dot com. Yeah, The Chat Radio Show at Gmail dot com. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, I mean, it's it's cool. I got you. And I want to thank y'all okay. for having me on here. I ain't going to talk too much. I know y'all got to get up out of here. I thought y'all take calls and stuff like that. What happened? I would love to uh, talk to some of the listeners that may have they just been, you. You have just given them so much to absorb. They are just taking it all in. <laughs> well, tell them, See, come when on. For, for we tell them to come in and bring their Come on down to Rock Hill by weed. <laughs> Don't forget that. <laughs> Come on down here and support, support this medicinal marijuana we got popping down here. All right, now. <laughs> Look, <y'all. laughs> I like I don't smoke, but hey, what he said. 
Come get a brownie then. Come get a brownie. Some, you know, we got something. I for don't you. do that either. Candy. I'm real square oh, on yeah. the inside. <laughs> that <laughs> CBD or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah. I mean, hey, we can we can accommodate you with something. Come on through. Bring it. Bring cousin JoJo, who always hides the cookout. He'll love. It. <laughs> We so appreciate yeah. you coming to kick it with us here in the chat room. We want you. you to shout out all of your social media when your book will be available and any events you have coming up. I don't know when the book will be available. Um, you can check out the cover if you like on Facebook. My name is Amir Bully. Um, that's Amir, A-M-I-R, Bully, B-U-L-L-I-E. Um, on Instagram, we are Carolina United. Um, C-A-R-O-L-I-N-A M-E-D-I-A One word uh, I mean Go to CarolinaUnitedMedia.com uh, Check out our website we developing Once again We got a video show coming to you Through Access 21 uh, Television Here in Charlotte Spotlighting all the hottest artists Here in North and South Carolina uh, We got the radio show coming Y'all be hearing Let's Chat On um, Carolina United <laughs> Media Radio Real soon <laughs> Um, I mean, we just doing everything. Shout out to Neil Harp. Shout out to my daughter, Tasia. Shout out to uh, my baby, Melissa. Shout out to you guys for having me on here. Shout out to everybody who support black-owned businesses. Fuck Donald Trump, and let's get money. All right. right. (laughs) We appreciate you for coming to kick it with us, and we will see you pretty soon. We gonna have you down right, here for part three now, of the. How do I um, how do I listen to the playback? We'll post the link. Go, yep, the link is normally uh, blog talks changed, so the link is normally available within 24 hours. So I stopped posting the link okay. because it's never available right away. But you can pick us up on any podcast app. You can pick us up on iTunes, and here on BlogTalks.com, you can pick us up. All right, I'll go to iTunes and check it out. We go where you go. The ladies we go where you go. Everywhere. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies. Y'all have a good night. Thank you for having me again. All right. You you're too. Very welcome. Tell Melissa we said hey. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Wow, Lisa. What a show, girl. <laughs> yes. This That was fun. I think it was it was different to talk about multiple just different things, you know, be able, because he's mm-hmm. well-rounded, and we love to be able to show all the dimensions of all of our guests. But, you know, we're going to have him in for our next um, our next relationship show, so I'm excited about that. I'm going I'm to have to make sure that I do not forget because I think he brings an element that is needed. Um, the last show mm-hmm. we had, if y'all missed it, child, you got to go back, check us out on the blogtalk.com. Again, pick us up on any podcast app. You can pick us up on iTunes, and you got to check that show out. This is like our, what, 206 show? Is this 205? Like no, 225. 225. We're 225. We're 225. Tomorrow will be our last show for the until October. We're taking a break. We always take a break um, in in September and then closer to the end of the year for the holiday. So we will see y'all when we come back in October. Tomorrow we got the team conglomerate up in here, Miss uh, Red and 
Oh my God, Rayshana. Rayshana. I keep calling her name Rayshana, but her name is Rayneesha. We have the mm-hmm. whole crew, her husband, we got everybody, all of her authors, they doing a straight takeover tomorrow, so I'm excited uh, because we're going to have her in here. We're going to have Team Conglomerate in here, and they're going to they gonna kick in the chat room door and cut up a little bit. So I'm excited <laughs> about that. We will see y'all tomorrow. Yes, thanks Good for night. joining us tonight. Good night. Let's see what we got, what we got, what we got to leave out with. Yeah. Yacht dreams on a sunny day. Six rings like MJ. Winning. She said she never ever been with a star. She said she never gave nobody a heart. I said, this is only the beginning. Don't get you with me, baby. Know that you're winning. Winning, winning, winning. You're winning. Don't get you with me, baby. Know that you're winning. Player. Your dreams and reality, they both not compare. Yeah, the finest fabrics that just pay the change. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.